A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be walking on thin ice when it comes to spoilers. There will be spoilers. While also driving to a town of secrets and burning paper, a reminder there will be spoilers. Joining me, gradually, slowly, while riding an awkward moving jail cell, is writer, podcast, and gentleman, Chris Hewitt. Hello, Hang Chris. On. <laughs> Hang on, I'm nearly there. <laughs> nearly there. Just be wheeled. Yes. Oh, uh, oh, yes. Hello. Hello, John. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I think that's my favourite moment in Bond history. <laughs> <laughs> when they do those ch- t- you know, those charts, when it gets to number one, it's always Bond, James Bond. I want it to be Blofeld slowly coming down a corridor <laughs> in a little box. <laughs> I wonder how many alts they went through of things that he was going to say when there's and, it, and this little little window that, that that slowly slides down like the like he's rolling down the window on an Austin Allegra. And it's just like, <laughs> he should have he should have had that. He should have had like a manual winding mechanism where he had to just yeah. like and he was like, "All right, how's it going, Jimbo?" And it must be squeaky <laughs> and get stuck halfway, and he has to like. Yeah. <laughs> push it down it's such it's such a glorious moment it's it's full-on austin powers it's it's beautiful Mm. which is good because specter obviously had a full-on austin powers moment with bond and blofeld being somehow related so it's good that we've got that (laughs) continuing germ going on there yes Um, we didn't we didn't get to meet bond's dad in this one played by michael kane nigel uh, bond who of course is a snooker player Mm. michael kane or nigel bond uh, Nigel Bond, real life snooker player. I've just been locked. In, I've heard rumours of me being locked in a snooker room. <laughs> Completely false. <laughs> I've heard rumours of me being locked in the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield. Completely false. <laughs> That's not a bad impression, Chris. Thanks, man. I was given yeah. tips on it by Peter Serafinovich himself, who oh. may do the greatest Michael Caine impression I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. His acting masterclass is very good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, now, a little birdie tells me mm. that you saw No Time to Die for the second time yesterday. Yes, yes, I found time for No Time to Die yesterday. Oh. Uh, I had, 
I had issues with the movie first time around. Yeah. And so it and, and the fact that it's nearly three hours long, although I will say this, both times I've seen it, it doesn't feel three hours long. It, no, to be fair, and it doesn't. No. It's not three hours long, but it's close. It, you know, we're rounding up. Uh, and so it's just I haven't had time to go back and, and revisit it. But then I you have, asked me to do this, and so I, yes. and so I, I revisited it, and um, oh. and and you know what, my it went up on my estimation. Mm, same, I saw it a second time. I enjoyed it a bit more, but as I said to you off air, I enjoyed it more second time around when I just thought this is just a film, not a Bond film, and I enjoyed it much more. <laughs> you see, you, you put this up against Eternals, which is about the same running time, isn't it? Hey, come on now, steady, steady. That felt like three and a half weeks. I know. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. You're talking to the treasurer, founder, and secretary of the Eternals fan club, John. So, uh, oh, oh, I better not get into that then. But let's not get into this, otherwise, that's you know, another podcast. We, we, we may come to blows across clean feed. Mm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I'll say about Eternals is, uh, I wouldn't, you know, if I st- stood on it, I have to spend a long time cleaning my shoe. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm very much in the minority in this one. I'm very much the um, the Tobias Funke. There are dozens of us, dozens. I'm very much that when it comes to Eternals. But you're very uh, much the Sprite from Eternals. I, I very much. Who am. I'd like to imagine spent a good. You know, because you know they're spread out through time. Sorry, we're talking about Eternals. But I'd like to imagine that Sprite spent a small a small time as wee Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> I want instead of that Bollywood sequence, which was great by the way, one of the best bits in the film. I want a little okay. bit of Sprite being like, oh. It's me, Fandabidozi. <laughs> yeah, and, and engaging in, in sex acts with uh, Ian Cranky. Yeah, with John Barrowman. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Well, just based on that poster, I'm not saying they engage in sex acts. No, of course, anyway, of course not. Yeah. Any, anyway, so we, we begin with a with a flashback. Oh, I like the gun barrel, by the way. Yes. I thought I wouldn't. <clears throat> I thought any any sort of like divergence on the gun barrel would annoy me. But I mm-hmm. do like the little fade. I liked it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can keep that. I don't mind that so much. I mean, the blood's nice. Yeah. The blood's but lovely. Lovely blood's blood. lovely. But I don't mind the fade out. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And the shiny gun barrel as well. Yeah. I mean, finally, finally, they're giving us the gun barrel and they're giving us a little bit of a tweak, you know? Yeah. They're, he they're, still they're walks like he shat himself, though. It does bother me. <laughs> the the best gun barrel stance is later on in the film, isn't it? When he's yes. being shot at in Safin's lair, and he turns mm-hmm. around, and he does the the full on, yeah, fucking yeah. take that, you bastard assassin. I like to think that's for Quantum of Solace because he didn't. That, that was <laughs> the Quantum of Solace one's terrible. So I like to think that's him making up for it. Yes, slowly but surely. This is the uh, this is Daniel Craig's lap of atonement. This is his Groundhog Day. He's writing all the wrongs. <laughs> His, his final outing. He's saying, Look, I know you didn't like this, but I'm going to fix it. Uh, so we begin with a flashback, which I think could have been a short story stroke email. Because <laughs> she tells us all about it, Inspector. She does, she says, yes. A man came to my house and killed my, my mother. What I love about it is Safin should not work for Avon. Because he turns up and he goes, he wakes up Madeline's sleeping drunk mum. And he says, yep. uh, is your husband home? She says, no. And he goes, my name is... Wait, he's like Lucifer Safin or something? Lucifer Safin. Lucifer Safin. Not Lucifer. I'm not the devil. No, it and just he, sounds like Lucifer. Just, <laughs> I'm constantly being ribbed by my friends. <laughs> and then he says, your husband killed my family. And then she says something like, so? And then he shoots her. Yeah. She says, where are you from, exactly? Oh. <laughs> like, if I, got a, if I got a map of the world... 
and I asked you to point to where you're from, what what would you point at, or would you just kind of do a general eh gesture? <laughs> Can you see through that mask? Because I can't see any eye holes at all. <laughs> where did you get that mask? Yeah, I actually i i like this introduction. I think it's interesting and it's it's bold. Obviously, not the first time we've started the Bond film without Bond. Uh, I don't but, mind starting it without Bond at all. No, no, that's that's good. Uh, it feels borny. It's borny. Porny or borny? It's it's hardcore born. It's hardcore born. It's the it's the the born Pegasus. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's the born ultimate come. It's the uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the born super, superb titsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those it's one of those you know the 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 great the great uh, hardcore born films uh yeah it's it i i but it works for me it works for me because you know especially second time around when you know where the film is going when you know what it's going to do so it, it does that great sort of kind of circular thing that directors who've been to director school do which is you know they they start and they end their film in in similar places or with similar things or they're they're tying certain ideas thematically together so the film mm. ends begins with with madeleine madeleine madeleine, madeleine. Uh, and ends with madeleine 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 but we know nothing about safin because he turns up he says you know mm. you, your, your husband murdered my family and mm. then madeleine he madeleine shoots at madeleine shoots him about what six times six times yeah and then he gets up, and then yeah. he saves her from the ice, and then we cut to the present day. Now, what happened next? We never find out. Good point. A very, very good point. I'm yeah. not talking in a De- Dennis Norden sense. <laughs> You'll never <laughs> guess what happened next. We just, we but, just never find out. Yeah, then Safin falls into the <laughs> ice himself. It's really quite funny. Uh, yeah, because it's, Mr. It's, White is working for Quantum, so he's obviously got fired. It's like if your dad worked for Ford and got fired for stealing stationery and then went and worked for Vauxhall, <laughs> who also, by the way, did have a program called Quantum for their used cars. Oh, did they? In the 90s, yeah. Okay. Um, so he went to work for Quantum. Mm-hmm. Ah, the, you don't get the same level of insurance. They don't pay for dental, but it's essentially the same thing. You only get three weeks holiday uh, with Quantum. It's not remotely close to the, the the great package they have at Spectre. That's a good point. And they don't hmm. tend to send people around to kill you either when you move from Fort to uh, Foxhall. So I'm told, no. anyway. I don't think so. I think maybe they run you over. <laughs> maybe they do <laughs> repeatedly, just you know, yeah. just to make sure. Uh, yeah, I yeah, that, that's a very very good point. I think there are a number of things in this movie that are fuzzy, vis a vis the relationship between Safin. And Madeleine, and I'm I'm not sure that that's the film's strongest aspect. Uh, I will say, that, you know, I I was never 100% down in the movie. I thought it was the first time around. I thought it was a solid Bond movie, terrific first hour, and then it just kind of faded in the second. And I have I have I still have issues with the end. Right. But you know, we 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 fall into this kind of binary trap these days, don't we? Of mm. A film has to be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever, and there's no in between. Yeah. But yeah, the thing no. is, with um, with No Time to Die, there was an in between for me. But that said, second time around, it absolutely everything clicked a little bit more for me mm. uh, than the first time, with the exception of Safin, yeah. who I think, and the end, <laughs> and, and what they mm. do to Bond at the end. Because mm. I think the Safin is possibly the most underdeveloped Bond villain in forever. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, people are down on... <clears throat> I wrote something recently about how I think that um, Dominic Green in Quantum of Solace is an underrated Bond villain because mm-hmm. although he's not all whistles and bells, there's something going on there and you you understand what he is going, you know, what's, where he's coming from, what he represents. Yeah. But with Safin, I, I just don't think it's clear at all. Is he Spectre? Was he Spectre? Is he, was, is he Inspector Gadget? I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> how <laughs> old is he? Because he was... You know, he, he seems to. I mean, they're, they're careful not to show his face when he murders <clears throat> Madeline's mum. But Madeline, Madeline. But then, how old is he supposed to be? Because he looks like he's my age, which would have made him a teenager at the beginning. I don't understand. Yeah, I think Chris, that's I don't kind. Understand. I don't understand any of it, John. To be honest, and it, it mm. makes me scared. Uh, mm. Now, my feeling on it is there's a number of questions that aren't answered by the opening mm. sequence. As much as I like the opening sequence. Mm. Uh, but I think I like the opening sequence more because of the way it then segues into Bond and Madeleine's adventures in, in Italy, uh, which is well, a really, really great opening sequence. But We should talk about that. Yeah. Just because, but, yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, but um, mm. in terms of the questions that are unanswered, left mm. unanswered by the opening sequence, is I suspect we, we get a little bit of exposition later on. So he's his family have just been poisoned. So that's yes. why his face looks, we only get a glimpse of his lower half. Yes. But it's demonstrably more scarred and more freshly, the, the scars are more more livid mm. uh, than, than they are later on. Uh, but what we don't get an explanation of is how he can take six bullets at mm. point blank range and then walk it off as yeah, if it's I- nothing. I thought from <clears throat> things we saw in the trailer and with Bond talking about, you know, men who play God, I yeah. thought we were going to have it that Safin has kind of got clones of himself or something like that. Oh. Um, that's what I thought. Because then, because I don't understand, because as, as, as we said before, he pulls her out of the ice and then it cuts. So did he pull her out of the ice and then just go, I'll see you later? Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for shooting yeah. me. I'll let you yep. live. Yep. I think I think he must have done because she doesn't recognize him at all when he goes to visit her. I know we're, no. we're skipping ahead, mm. but when he visits her in her office in London, she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't recognize the voice. She doesn't recognize the face. So he must have just gone, "See ya." I'll just leave you to tidy up after your your dead mum. Um, yeah. I, I could wait for your dad to get home, but nah, I'll I'll just bugger off now if that's all right. He with was you. wearing glasses, probably. He probably was, <laughs> <laughs> and and so. So that aspect doesn't make sense. His fixation mm. on Mad- Madeleine doesn't Madeleine. make sense mm. either. No. Uh, how and there's this there's this thread, and again we'll get to this, but I want to kind of plant the seed now. Yeah, there's this thread that runs all the way through it that she has some hideous secret in the past, oh. some really dark secret in the past that if it gets out, will destroy everything it'll it'll mm. kill bond you know blofeld taunts bond about all oh, the truth will get out james <laughs> and and it's it's not that bad she has a kid is that mm. what the secret is or is the secret that she helped safin kind of survive a little bit you know she killed him but then she was she was saved by him so is that her secret that's not a great secret um <clears throat> well it's that she uses M- maybelline <laughs> or maybe, maybe she helps Safin. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a complete, it's a complete fudge. I'm afraid. Um, yeah. It's as you say, it's the weakest part of the film. But we cut to the present day with Madeline getting out of the water. 
looking a bit freaked out because she's just relived her flashback while being underwater because everybody in this Bond's world has a haunted past they have to keep reliving <laughs> all the time. It's like a, a version of being John Malkovich with someone constantly having to relive their past everywhere they go. Uh, but she gets out of the water and he's like, ah. And he comes over looking a bit worse for wear, bless him. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he says, are you okay? She goes, yeah. And they get in the car and then he says... Uh, she says something about we, we we don't want to be late or something, and then he says we have all the time in the world, and then we get the cue from the Majesty's Secret Service. Now this is where I first got annoyed because <laughs> I thought, hang on, you're a reboot, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if you're not, that's a very insensitive thing to say because that's what you said to your wife when she was dead. <laughs> if it is a new thing, where have you you know that's your family motto, fine. But why are we getting the music from the film from 1969? You can't have it both ways. This is like someone moving out of your house and then coming back to continue to use your toilet. (laughs) Listen, um, Kevin is very, very clean uh, when he cleans up after himself and he uses my toilet, so I have no problem with that sort of thing happening. Uh, Costner, yeah. Yeah, Costner. Yeah, he's always popping around for number two. Uh, (laughs) Only number two, weirdly enough. Weird. uh, Yeah, uh, he doesn't doesn't like to pee. Kevin Costner. Yeah, um, yeah, strange, very strange. Uh, Field of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that to an extent. And then obviously later on we get another cue, don't we? Um, really weirdly for no reason. Yeah. Doesn't Which make one any is it? Sense. It's the... Um, it's not Capsule in Space, is it? It's something no, else. No, it's, it's uh, Majesty's Secret Service again. It's the um, yes, it is. theme from the beginning. But it's when right. M's talking and there's no tension whatsoever, it's just playing in the background. I'm like, yeah. what? Now, I would have been all for it. I, I think Pan Simmer's score is, is is solid. I think it's you know it, it incorporates the Billie Eilish theme fairly well. I'm mm. I'm not particularly warm about the uh, the Eilish theme, but you know, mm. it works as part of the score. But I think with something like this, I would have gone the other way, to be honest. You know, mm. it, I know it, it annoyed you, but, you know, do the Skyfall thing where he suddenly has Lee Aston Martin and don't really ask yourself how he got that. You just have to assume that he had it in some off-screen adventures. Yeah. Um, with this, because it is the 25th Bond, because it is Craig's swan song, you know, I would have leaned more into that, you know, because I, I, I quite liked it when we had we have all the time in the world on the soundtrack. I quite liked it when they're they're reincorporating parts of the uh, the John Barry score from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, I would have gone all in and and yeah, probably no, I, done a John Williams and used loads of motifs from previous Bond scores. I agree, but you've rebooted it. You can't do that because the because you're using a motif from a movie and from events that this Bond hasn't experienced. Exactly. Okay. Or, you know, I don't mind them using Vespa's theme. Oh, God, Vespa. Fuck, I'm so sick of that name. Um, <laughs> and, and there's a little flourish uh, in it when he's in Cuba where you, there's a bit of You Know My Name comes in. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, why? It just feels like sort of like member berry porn. It's like, oh, we need to get an emotional reaction out of people. So I'll, we'll use We Have All the Time in the World, even though it doesn't exist in this universe. But, of course, what they're doing is they're foreshadowing that they're they're going to be riffing on we have all the time in the world sorry the world, that's the wrong film uh, it's not even a film we, they're going to be riffing on what happens in on a Majesty's Secret Service obviously they're going to swap it out at the end they're and switch Star it Trek and, into darkness it 
Yeah, they're going to absolutely. That's what they're mm. going to do. Um, so I kind of get that it works from that point of view, but there are there are other things that are slightly incongruous. I thought I thought it made me smile, but I'm sure you noticed this as well, John. But there's a mm. there's a moment in they're in MI6 uh, about ooh, an hour from the end, something like that, and you obviously have the the portrait of uh, Judy Dench on the wall. Yeah. But there's another shot of of M standing in a corridor with I think with Bond, but certainly with with Tanner. Yeah. And on the wall is a portrait of Robert Brown. Yeah. And and I smiled and I thought, oh, that's really lovely. Hmm. Um. Okay, but where's Bernard Lee yeah. <laughs> as well? I think Bernard but, Lee gets gets seen in Skyfall, so maybe there. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe. Well, there you go then. But you know, but, again, but so yeah, hmm. you're you're incorporating characters that weren't connected to this version of bond but you're you're nodding to the to the wider pantheon of bond so i don't have as big a problem with that as as you do well my theory is is that when they got to skyfall they just abandoned the reboot idea entirely i think <laughs> because that's where the aston martin makes sense yeah and that's the only way the aston martin makes sense so i think that Casino, uh, this is like layers within layers but i think casino Royale and quantum of solace are their own thing and then from Skyfall onwards, we're still we're back in canon. I think. See, I, I'm not so sure I would go for that entirely. I don't. I certainly don't think that they think that. Um, I think that they. I think there's an, there's an a, a a a an acceptance or a suggestion rather that in the interim. And I know this is touching on something you've said an awful lot, and I, mm. and I agree with this. They, the you know it touches on the interim between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, and your theory about, you know, in Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, he's the young buck, he's the mm-hmm. the the nascent <clears throat> 007, newly minted 007, and we're getting to see this guy who's just raw passion and power who can run through a brick wall. That mm-hmm. that bond. And then we go to Skyfall, which is just four years after Quantum of Solace, <laughs> and suddenly he's old and jaded and ready for, you know, the retirement home. And having the Dales, yeah, and which yeah. is something that continues all the way through, obviously mm. Spectre, and in this one, although mm. less in this one, I less would say. This, one. Uh, this is the only Craig film I would say that you could totally say feels like a Bond film. Interesting, in the way it feels and the way yeah. it acts and the way it behaves, I would say that the, you know the majority of the script belies what I'm saying uh, with the plot, but it yeah. feels like a Bond film. There's a trad Bond plot going through this, fighting yeah. fighting for space and losing, I'm afraid. Um, there's a trad Bond villain with a trad b- Bond plot, i.e. Mm-hmm. destroying the world, who, mm-hmm. again, as we've already discussed, lost the battle considerably. Yes. Um, but we can't have that in the Craigiverse. We have to wedge in this big wedge of personal life stuff. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, to- I totally get that. I totally get that. But I also I, think I, that. I, hmm, sorry. No, I was going to say, but I, I just also think that you know, there's a, there's a suggestion that in that four-year gap hmm. between Quantum and and Skyfall, it's meant to be more than four years for Bond, and he right. has had all these adventures and oh, I see, you know, and picked up all these things. That's where the that's where the Aston Martin has come from. So he's had oh, all that, these adventures. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my headcanon for this, which is that you know, it, it makes in, sense. Yeah. But yeah. everything, everything has everything has happened. Like so, you, you could you could say, you know, pretty much all the adventures we've seen Connery and Moore and Lazenby and Dalton and and, and Bronholm have hmm. 
Craig's Bond has had in that time, with the exception, I would say, of Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and obviously anything that's Blofeld heavy, um, mm. because the the key relationship in Craig's Bond's life is Vesper, mm. um, and not, um, you know, and not not his marriage in, not not Tracy in in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, this also means that Blofeld hasn't got in a little flying saucer on a oil rig and been bashed into a wall over and over again. <laughs> we have, sadly, we have to take our losses with this one, with this theory as well. I'm, I'm quite upset about that. I'm, I'm mega upset about this. Mm. I think you know, I, I have, I have feelings and thoughts about you know the way. Um, and I, you know, if anyone listens to this and who's also listened to the Empire spoiler special we did, I'm going to repeat a phrase now, and I apologise. Mm. But otherwise, you're going to get 100 percent. Like ninety nine percent new thoughts and phrases, but you know I have I have issues with the way that they were kind of cleaning house in this one, you mm. know. So to prepare us for what happens with Bond, which is you know they they obviously they bring in Felix, they bring Felix back and they kill him. Oh, yeah. They bring Blofeld back and they kill him. They bring Spectre back and they destroy it. And it's all preparing us for the, the cleaning of the house with 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 Bond. But you know if you're going to kill Blofeld in this movie, don't have him die just slumping in the corner of his little kind of mini metro. Mm. Have him. Have Bond pick him up and drop him down a chimney. Just, you know, mm. the way that purists would want on Blofeld miss. Yeah, we don't ever want to see Blofeld's corpse. <laughs> no, we don't. It's, it no. feels, feels really final, doesn't it? Yeah, and also Kevin McClory's family, they must be pissing themselves laughing because <laughs> Eon spent fucking decades trying to get Spectre back. And as soon as they get them back, they kill them in one film. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we got a film called Spectre, and they're like, oh, good. Well, no, they actually must be quite livid. They're like, oh, good, you know. Well, I suppose they've already had the money. Oh, good, they're going to use Spectre. And then the next film, it's like, Spectre's dead. Oh. <laughs> what happened to them? They went to a party and yeah. all died. They all died whilst being watched by a bionic eye. <laughs> Fine. The check cleared, did it? Yep, good. Do what you like. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, so they, they drive to a town and they get to the town and we have a little bit of um, some of the worst dialogue. He's like, are we going to have a row about this? I'm not looking over my shoulder. It's like, oh. I love it when I, when, when, I read, when I hear that line. It really grates on me. And then people online are like, oh, you can really see where Phoebe Waller-Bridge has polished this script. It's like, she hasn't, mate. Um, and then he goes, where are we? What are they burning? And he goes, they are burning secrets. And I'm like, of course they fucking are. And letting go of the past. Of course they are. Christ. It was only Bond would drive to this village. It's like Miss Marple turning up at murders all the time. Bond turns up every time there's a secret being divulged. Yes. Uh, well, welcome, Mr. Bond, to our secret burning festival. Do you have any secrets you would like to burn? Perhaps your pretty lady wife, who may not be your wife. I'm not entirely sure. The film doesn't really make a good job of establishing that. Perhaps your pretty wife has a secret that's actually not really that bad, a secret that she'd like to burn as well. Also, how many times has Bond said the word Vespa when he comes? I just need to know. <laughs> it must be like 30 times. She must be so used to it now. It must happen a lot. It, it must happen be. a lot. So, how, how far, how close to the end of Spectre is this for you, John? Do you think that this is like the next day, the next week? I think it's supposed to be within a short time period. Yeah. Okay. So presumably he was driving off in London at the end just to go to Heathrow, and then they were going to Italy immediately. Well, they didn't go on the plane, did they? Because they're in the same car. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So they must have taken the channel, as they used to call it, Yeah, and driven yeah. to Italy, and then she just jumped in the water and then got back in the car. I reckon I reckon it's a couple of days, yeah. Okay, a couple of days, yeah. All mm. right. So some listeners to this can figure out how long it would take Bond and Madeleine to drive down to uh, to Italy and have a, a nice old big flashbacky swim. Yeah, and also he's obviously, um, they've obviously conceived their the child, spoiler alert, I did say spoilers at the beginning, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Inspector on the train. Do you think that's when it was? I think so. So I thought it was. I thought it was here. I thought it was. Uh, I thought we see it at the beginning of the movie. But Obviously, there's a the thing. There's a big thing coming up soon. That you know, she needs, she needs to tell him, doesn't she? So it wouldn't be that quick. No, that's true. Yeah, a couple of weeks. I, I see. I thought. I thought. I thought we see um, Mathilde being conceived. Mathilde. Not obviously in a in a full on porny sense. No. Yeah, they haven't quite. It's in the deleted scenes. Yeah, they haven't broken it's the. It's like the look last who's barrier. talking. You see the sperm fl- fl- flowing down, going with Bruce Willis's voice. Hey, which one of you guys is Mathilde? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I had problems. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> look who's talking look who's talking uh no time to die edition yes yeah, i'm up for that oh could Bang someone please if you're watching could you cut in little segments from look who's talking from inside the womb to no yes. time to die <laughs> so then so then john defolta and kirsty alley help madeline have the baby <laughs> off screen is is it's presumably what happens well it's safine actually there's a scene where he takes matilde and madeline and they dance in a soft play while gilbert godfrey <laughs> runs around going no no that's, that's not what you're doing you're supposed to be in the poison garden <laughs> oh my god so bond is going into an impresario's <laughs> office <laughs> The aristocrats. Cut. <laughs> and Q is fucking M. And M is coming all over Money Penny. And Money Penny is fucking Bond. Oh, God. Oh, God. What have we done? 
What have we done? Let's get it back out. Um, yes, <clears throat> so yeah, they they have a bit of loving, and then she said she says, you know, but perhaps we should both confront our secrets. What she's basically saying here is, mm-hmm. we you need to go and see Vesper's grave so you can shut the fuck up about her, please. <laughs> Because I'm bored stiff of hearing about Vespa. I'd rather ride a Vespa through a sewer than listen to you talk about Vespa anymore. Yeah. So he's like, okay, fine. So the next morning he goes to Vespa's grave and uh, writes a note saying, sorry. Does it say sorry or something like that? He says, forgive me. Forgive me, that was it. He says, forgive For me. what? She betrayed him. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he's... Be- I, honestly, he needs to stop beating himself up over what no. happened to Vesper. It wasn't his fault. No, she betrayed him. He tried to save her and she drowned herself. Yeah. yeah. I think it maybe is just so... When you go on about something so much, you just elaborate on it and, and then the the narcissism takes over and you start thinking it's something you did. No, mm-hmm. you didn't do anything. But anyway, nothing sums up the Craigiverse more than Bond getting blown up by Vesper's tomb. <laughs> She's been lying in wait all this time. Yeah, she, I told her she should have done that curry. <laughs> <laughs> he should have looked at the camera and said that. It's like it's like the moment in the Mama Two Brains where Steve Martin <laughs> asks his dead wife, no, the painted of his dead wife, no. no. Yeah, he should have been yeah. like that. So anyway, I'm with Madeline now. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if this displeases you in any way, then let me know. <laughs> Just a sign, any sign. <laughs> That's all I'm asking for. I'll be on the lookout for it. <laughs> uh, and then we go, and then we go from there to probably one of the best action sequences in the film, I think, if not the yes. best, with the car chase, um, which I love because again, although I did notice Daniel Craig in the <clears throat> bless him, he's had to do another round of fucking interviews, um, and he got asked. Uh, he did this thing. I think it was for um, some magazine where he had to pull out questions people had asked. And he didn't look happy about it. And one of them was um, about gadgets. And they said, will there be gadgets in this film? And he just looks at the camera and goes, yeah, loads. He looked really pissed off about it. <laughs> I just thought, why are you playing this part? It's like, will you, be, Michael Keaton, will you be dressing up as Batman in Batman? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, whatevs. I'm not happy about it. I don't want to. Yeah. But stupid Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, the gadgets are few and far on the ground that's wrong that's a, that's a bad phrase I uh, liked it though uh, yeah they're, they're fewer far on the ground the Few gadgets far, are yeah. thin the ground in this one aren't they yeah. they're, they're um, there's, you got the, the Aston Martin at the beginning and then you get the um, the, the incredible watch which he uses to um, short out with, as a short out you know that guy's brain later on But you're forgetting a flying think, submarine dildo this is true I love that and and the Q-Dar yes mm. not enough has made the fact that Q has made his own radar I hope he's patented it. I hope he has as well. Uh, yeah. I hope he's he's going to be very very rich off the back of this in the end because he I, I, he's never quite explained how it's better than actual radar, but no, maybe he just does one of those classic things that certain corporations do and just he's stick his initial in the front of it. Yeah, yeah. it's my Q pen. Mm. It's, it's my Q tip. That's Wait, that's been done. <laughs> yeah. Please come in. Use my Q door. It's a door. <laughs> You don't own it. You don't own the copyright just because you put Q in front of it, you nerd. I'm just having a Q think. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes to play snooker. I'll just use that. No, that's not yours. It's always been called that. (laughs) (laughs) Or he could say QQ. He could. Oh, QQ, that'd be great. Sounds like something out of Drag Race. With his Q-tip. His Q-rest. 
Oh, yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Basically, what we're saying is we'd rather watch Q playing snooker than this film. I'd love to watch Q play snooker. Hmm. He'd be so methodical. It'd be like that episode of Quantum Leap where, um, Quantum where Al Leap. calculates all the angles for for Sam, and he he's he you know he just wins, he, and he could play Nigel Bond in the quarterfinals. He could, but unfortunately, um, Al's just died, hasn't he? He has just died, but uh, mm. that's no impediment to Al. I say we recast it as a woman. <laughs> let's go for it. Yeah, <laughs> Al can still be a lady's name. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Fine. Why Good. not? Why not? Al. Fiaw! A what? A Sony Vow. What is that? It's a laptop that Sony made. Does anyone use them? Never seen anyone use one. No. Have you got one? It was cheap. It was cheap. We we got a job lot. We got a discount. Yeah. Yow. But Q has yeah, Q has souped it up. He's cube souped it up. Yeah. Uh, that character, by the way, is called Primo. Uh, Primo brackets Cyclops. Uh, Ah. He's played by Dali Ben Salah. Ah. Now it's good to have a henchman. Yeah, that's why I, will I think say. so. I think so. I, I, I don't want to jump ahead too much as well, but I think there's a there's another missed opportunity in this in this film. I think Cyclops is a pretty decent henchman. I think he you know he he falls into that sort of classic Bond tradition of uh, a henchman who has um, an attribute of some yeah. kind. He has yeah. been enhanced. His mm-hmm. the, the eye is a pretty quirky little thing. You know, it's probably the one part of the the body that they haven't touched yet in terms of in terms of henchmen or mm. henchwomen uh, but there's another character we'll talk about later on that I think they really missed a trick with because I think there, there's a real opportunity there to have someone be a really formidable foe in this movie and they, they oh. didn't take it we'll well, get please tell us when we get there we'll get there I'll probably forget and then get to the end of the episode and people will write in well, why don't you just tell us now Logan Ash. I will forget Logan Ash yeah Logan what? Ash he should have been a giant cigarette he should have been. He should have been. He should have been a giant tree, um, and <laughs> yeah, and, and like an ent. He should have been an ent from from the two towers. I just think, yeah, oh God. Mm. You know, but, but spoilers. We said spoilers at the beginning, right? Yeah, okay. we did. We did. We did. All right. So he he kills Felix Leiter. Yeah, and he gets the drop on Felix Leiter. Mm. And there's a scene where he is in the boat with both Bond and Felix, mm. and it's over so quickly. He. You know, Felix gets shot in a scuffle, mm. and I just feel that that character would have been enhanced significantly had he suddenly dropped the facade, which is I'm this giggling, bumbling idiot from the State Department, mm. and then gone. Oh, actually, no, I'm a really formidable foe, and I can fight both Bond and Felix Leiter at the yes. same time, Agreed. kick the shit out of them, yeah, uh, and then actually kill one of them, mm-hmm. and rather than it feeling like it was an accident or almost unplanned. And then you then you up the stakes with him when he shows up later on in Norway. But mm. I, I, for some reason, they just didn't seem to want to go there. No. No, it is a shame. I think he was really good as well. He deserved more. Yeah, I like Billy Magnuson. And, um, yeah. There's an argument yeah. to say he's a better villain than Safin. There's an argument to say that anyone, the, the guy who... who, who um, doesn't want to let Bond into MI6 is a better villain than Safin, um, mm. sadly, which is yeah. such a shame. That's the curse of the Oscar, though, isn't it? You win an Oscar, then you do a Bond film, and the Bond f- the Bond film lets you down. It's true, isn't it? Mm. It is true. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're onto something here. I, I, I know I am. Oh, my goodness. The last three. You're right, the last yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. And oh. Die Another Day. And <laughs> Die Another Day. <laughs> Yeah, with, with old Jinxy Jinx. 
Yeah, I thought like you were talking about uh, Toby Stevens. Um, oh, could, could have been him. Famously won an Oscar. Um, yeah, won yeah. three. Oh For die another day. <laughs> you, you've blown this thing. You've blown this whole thing wide open. And I know, uh, be careful so, with this information because if this gets out, it could be dangerous. <laughs> but if you're an actor out there who is going to win an Oscar and you're listening to this, don't do a Bond film immediately after winning an Oscar. <laughs> Just don't do it. There was no talk of. Um, with Tony Hopkins, Tony Hopkins, when he won the Oscar for Sands for Lambs, there was talk yeah. of him doing a Bond film. film well, he did do a Bond game, film for a bit. He was he was originally, um, uh, what's his name, Elliot Thingy in Tomorrow Never Dies. Elliot Carver. Yeah, Elliot Carver. Yeah. Uh, my name is Elliot Carver. <laughs> um, he he did he signed on and he was he, I think he was on set for a couple of days, and, but it was during a writer's strike, so it was chaos. So he quit. Right. And they okay. brought in. Jonathan Price, tap 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 Commander Bond, tap 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 Typing as fast, typing faster than anyone has ever typed in the history of typing. I hate him so much. Anyway, so she gets a call from Blofeld on her Nokia phone, and he says, "Madeline, Madeline, you are so good. Your father would be so proud of you." So then he parks the car up and everyone's shooting at the windows. I like this bit. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. She's like, James, James. And then he just goes, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. he turns on the machine gun headlamps. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, this bit's really great. And mm. if you want to get highfalutin about this movie, if you will, the movie begins, it's bookended, obviously with Madeleine. Mm. Madeleine. But it's mm. also bookended with... With Bond A being blown up mm. by something, whether it's the um, the 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 forces of Spectre who apparently have been waiting in that cemetery for what could be months, years, even <clears throat> finally he's turned up. He's turned up. Oh my God! Thank God! Uh, I was my legs were getting numb. Uh, and <laughs> you, you also get a book ended with Bond being ready to face death. That's what mm. that's what he's doing at that moment in that car. He is he is so fucked off with yeah. with what he is presumed, and it's a big big error of judgment on his part. He's presumed that Madeline has betrayed him, mm. uh, which you can kind of see because he's been betrayed by many many people in the past. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's a it's a big old leap that he's making there. That you know that sequence is really interesting. That's a bond where yeah. he's downing tools. He's like, yep, this is it. This is it for me. You mm. know. This is I deserve to die here. But uh, what what rouses him ultimately is is his love for Madeleine. Madeleine. Also, he probably at that moment thinks, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have quit my sex for this woman. <laughs> He's thinking I've made a huge mistake. I made a massive error here. I should have yeah. just done the missions like they're supposed to be done and not gone rogue in every single mission I've ever been in. <laughs> I'm really annoyed with myself. If only I hadn't if I hadn't skipped that MI6 training course, how not to go rogue on missions. But damn it, I mean, skipped it. Now I don't know. So he donuts his way around the square, shooting, mm-hmm. then releases the smoke. Yeah. Then drives her to a train station, shoves her on a train, and she says, mm-hmm. "This is it." And he says, "Yeah." And she says, "How will I contact you?" And he says, "You'll never see me again." And then she plate she pl- plaintively plaintively touches her mm-hmm. tummy to say, "Oh, I'm pregnant." <laughs> And um, <laughs> she goes off in the train, and then we get the uh, opening credits, which I think probably are my favourite Daniel Kleiman joint. Really, I love them. I think they're great, even though they are. Oh, remember this? Oh, remember that? 
but the music's fucking terrible. I can't stand this theme. I I, I think it's a it's a step up on the Sam Smith one, but I, I think, think it's I think it's the same level. I'm afraid. I just I just don't think it kicks in. No, it doesn't. And it's it's so unmemorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't build anywhere. It tries. It has that moment where the orchestra kicks in and and tries to crescendo. That's the very end, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's the very end. Yeah. So I think it's probably the least. I mean, I hated the Sam Smith one. I thought it was a, an absolute yeah. atrocity of a of a of a song. Um, yeah. It, it, this will probably also win the Oscar because now it just seems like it's the easy thing for them to do. Um, yeah. That oh, here's a Bond song. All right, Oscar. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it it deserves it. But I, I don't I don't know whether it's because I, I have I have very mixed feelings on the song. But I I'm a bit cold on the on the title sequence. Why do, why do you love it? It has some lovely little. Um visual images in there like for instance it's got the um Majesty secret service images as, as well it's got it's got a bit of thunderball for some reason i don't know why that's in there it's got a scuba diver with a harpoon swimming past yeah i noticed that didn't make any sense um but what i really liked and this is me just being a dick is the fact that all the guns start firing and then it pans out and they're they're making a line of dna and i think that's very clever <laughs> sorry i just do um but it's also got the little bubbles from <clears throat> from dr no the little mm-hmm. Roundels, uh, but the, the song let it down. I think personally, after Skyfall, the song which is fine, you know, it's a good laugh, mm-hmm. and then the Sam Smith one, we needed a bang song. We needed like a Thunderball or a Goldfinger type thing, um, and we got another low noted John Lewis advert. I just, uh, <laughs> uh, I agree. I mean, this is a this is a Craig that kind of screamed into existence with my mm. personal favourite Bond theme which is You Know My Name and yeah. uh, and then this is a fairly drab almost apologetic wishy-washy way to yeah. go out but also I the way guess... she, says, she says stupid at one point and it drives me insane she says <laughs> I'm a stupid <laughs> no it's stupid love stupid Stupid enunciate, enunciate. You Billy, and your come fucking on. Fi- Phineas and Ferb that writes all their songs for her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I yeah, I, I, it's, it works. I think as a bit of foreshadowing, doesn't it? Of this is a mm. much more somber movie, uh, or there's certainly going to be towards the end. But yeah, you're right. It should have been a banger. It should yeah. have been a banger. I'd have just got that um, on that David Arnold song uh, album. Um, Shaken, not stirred. I'd have got the Propellerheads version of Automated Secret Service and just used that over the credits. Why not? <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's interesting that they haven't got back to the David Arnold well. I, I don't understand it. I don't... Because he's he never let them down. Every one of his scores is really good. Mm. Um, and then Thomas Newman did Skyfall, which I think is quite a good score, actually. Good score, yeah. Spectre and then he did just, score again for Spectre. Exactly the same thing, yeah. And then I think Hans Zimmer's just to be boring for a moment. I think the Hans Zimmer score's fine. Yeah. But it, and it has a couple of flourishes of niceness, but it's it's just a Hans Zimmer score at the end of the day. And uh, he was talking on the official No Time to Die podcast, which was mm-hmm. something else, um, about how he wanted to bring back the John Barry-esque-ness to Bond, and he, he didn't at all. I don't think he brought back the swagger. I think he brought back no. the lushness. Yeah, I think, he, I think there's an element of that. Uh, I got I, annoyed because he kept using this cue that goes da 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 da. 
dun 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 and it was just a percussion and I was like just use the fucking bomb theme why are they so scared of it why are they so scared of it we can thank our lucky stars it wasn't Eric Serra though oh. we're very very happy about that but yeah. I, I, I can I can get Sam Mendes not wanting you know he wanted to use his own guy Thomas Newman his, yeah. he's his boy yeah. so yeah of course he's going to bring him in um, for this one I'm not sure I'm not what sure exactly he, what happened there. Was it a, a, a Broccoli and Wilson decision? Was it a Fukunaga decision? I, I, well, I don't Fukunaga know. Fukunaga used his own guy, but he left. Creative That's differences. true. Yeah. That is a very good point. Sorry, I've and, forgotten and about that. In the no, no Time to Die podcast, Hans Zimmer says that he's been friends with Barbara Broccoli for decades. So mm-hmm. I think she just rang him and said, could you please you know, phone in one of your scores for us? <laughs> I've got could some you Michael Kamen this here. film for us, please? <laughs> 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 that's a very good point that's a right yeah. forgotten about the uh the other composer leaving we should talk about the other elephant. The day. it was very late in the day and the other elephant in the room of course being danny boyle danny boyle yeah. now i've got a theory about that okay let's hear it i think because because i know it, his film wasn't this film because some casting stuff leaked didn't it he uh wanted some sort of other characters or something but i think that they went to him and or daniel craig went to him and said bond's gonna die at the end and i think he went no thanks. That's what I think. I uh, yeah, I think I think um I think you might be onto something there. I don't know mm. for sure. Uh but I think whenever he left there were rumors that it, they they flipped it, didn't they? It was yeah. it was very very clever. They uh they, the 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 rumor, the leak, whatever it was basically insinuated that Danny Boyle was the the mad maverick who yes. wanted to come in and, and kill, kill Bond. Bond yeah. And they were like, no, you can't do that, Danny Boyle. Jesus Christ, get off the film. Mm. Uh, but I think they, they were hiding in plain sight with that one. I think, yeah. I'm not saying that Danny Boyle, he's clearly not a traditionalist and he may have left for other reasons. And I don't think mm. that he's the sort of guy who would have been absolutely wedded to a night, you know, to... To that ending, I don't think he would have drawn a line in the sand and gone, "No, I'm if if Bond dies, I'm I'm leaving." There may have been other reasons, but they certainly used that as a nice bit of subterfuge, you know. Purvis and Wade, I think, as well, wasn't it? Because Danny Boyle wasn't using Purvis and Wade; he was using yes. his own writer. And then Purvis and Wade came back into the fray. Yeah, you know, yeah. Break glass for Purvis and Wade. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've, we've got the we've got the storyline lying around. We can use that if you want. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. My God, we need mediocrity. Press the Purvis and Wade button quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, as far as I, I can tell, and maybe you uh, maybe you know otherwise. But as far mm. as I can tell, everyone involved in this movie has so far kept stum. Yeah, and. There, you know, we tried to talk to people for the Empire podcast, and we got very, very close to it happening, and then I, suddenly there was nothing, and there were reports happening, there coming out from the American junket because the American junket took place a week after the UK junket. Yeah. So, for example, I interviewed uh, Daniel Craig and Rami Malek for the Empire podcast the day before I saw the film. Mm. So, you know, they were clearly they clearly didn't want people to to see it and to know that Bond carked it. Because mm. um, then all, all you'd get is questions about Bond carking it. Yeah. Fair enough, I get that. Uh, but there, uh, one American journalist said that he had had time with Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. Uh, he'd lost his time with them, um, um, and he uh, he said something along the lines of they were warned not to ask spoiler questions. So I presume he had seen the oh. film at that point. Okay. So I think they I think they they knew what a bold creative swing this was. 
and what a gamble it was. And so far, they've been it's been very interesting. I don't think I've seen this before in a movie this size, where they've no. kind of let the work speak for itself. It's frustrating from my point of view because mm. I want nothing more than to sit down with them and go, "What were you thinking and why?" And just talk, talk me through it. You know, not yeah. not accusatory, not kind of going, "No, what no. the fuck was that?" Mm. More kind of, "Okay, you you finally decided to kill Bond. Why did you do it? Talk talk me through it." Mm. And they haven't done that. No. So it's really interesting. So I, I, you know, the the thought processes behind it all, I, I can't, I can't really figure out. But they where did it do it began. in a sort of a left, a sort of weird sort of way because there were lots of stories that came out just before the film came out about how they're looking for a new Bond next year and all this kind of thing. Yeah, so I think that's their way of reassuring everybody that this isn't the end. And of course, the title card at the end. Mm, exactly. That I waited for that. I sat down and waited all the way through the credits for that, <laughs> just to be reassured, so I could leave less angry. <laughs> and it, it was there so that was that it was there and I think, that, I think that's absolutely a reassurance whether it's a reassurance to the, the people uh, who are in the cast who may suddenly find themselves out of a, a decent fairly regular gig I don't know I mean for what? example um, I'd be fascinated to see what happens with Lashana Lynch going mm-hmm. forward because yeah. they'll, they'll undoubtedly reboot but it depends whether they and they clearly can't reboot within this continuity. No. But it wouldn't be the first time that they've carried characters over from one bond to another. No. And from one continuity to another continuity. So would they do that again with with Nomi? Would they do that again with with Q and with Ray Fiennes as M and all those characters? <clears throat> Who knows? I mean, it's all the, all the rules are off the table at the moment, aren't they? Because they do what they like. They've ripped up the ruddy rule book and then blown it up with a big old hail of missiles. I'd be interested to, to know what... I know this is not possible in any uh, any way at all, what Cubby Broccoli would have made of all this. I can put a request in. Hmm, please. Next time you're at the old uh, medium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I might email Yvette Fielding. <laughs> <laughs> yep, let's get on to it. Apparently, Larry loves Dick. <laughs> She's got a caller. And that's the end of part one of our small chat about No Time to Die. We'll be back tomorrow with part two, so make sure you tune in for that. But in the meantime, like, subscribe, and hey, why not buy Thunderbook or Book? The choice is yours. See ya! <laughs>
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 